Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams from local bands and artists, very talented human beings that we have the honor of being able to catch live right here in the ATX. And my man Patrick lets us know exactly how we can do it. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? We'll stay on the 13th floor. This is the Dead Coats. They're playing Sunday at the 13th floor. Oh, the Dead Coats. That's a good name. For the 13th floor. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that does kind of go together. Yeah. Uh, no, I like that, though, the dead coats. Uh, all right, if you missed any of these suggestions on the 512 Friday from my man Patrick, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them there. All right, we'll, uh, we'll give you our Super Bowl picks, yep, the yep, official, yep. official picks, coming up uh, later on this hour. If y'all want to do them next segment, we can do that, but I prefer we – just put aside some extra time in the last no segment. Doubt. No doubt. And then we'll give our official picks. I still really don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. I still have no idea who I'm picking. <laughs> I have no idea who I'm picking. I'll give you a stat that will blow your mind before we uh, I'm make picking our picks. Rihanna. Uh, <laughs> 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 you know what? That's a smart pick. I think Rihanna's going to kill it, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think she's going to do good. She's going to bring somebody out with her. I just don't know who. Um, I think it might be either Drake she does a lot of Drake. Drake is under, he might be getting subpoenaed here pretty soon. Because yeah, I did of, see that, yeah, right? So, with a triple so X? He, yeah, thing? so he yeah. may not be may not be up to uh performing just that's yet. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. I need that. But it could be it'd be Drake or I'm trying to think of who else she, she does a lot of stuff with. Could be Jay-Z, but Jay-Z likes to perform with his wife, not Rihanna. I don't think Beyonce would yeah, be happy. Was, yeah, that, I, was yeah, I don't yeah, think Beyonce yeah, would be happy with him performing with Rihanna. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, something, something there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think she's going to do a really good job, though. I'm excited about uh, the halftime show. Uh, okay, let's talk about the NFL awards, which were announced yesterday. And um, I'll just kind of run down the awards, and we can kind of talk about them as we go. Let's start with the top, uh, the most important of these honors uh, given out uh, yesterday. The MVP, the AP Most Valuable Player, um, it was given out to, no surprise, no shock, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no surprise. I mean, he. there's no question this year it was between he and Jalen Hurts, in my opinion. Correct. I don't necessarily think anybody else was in that conversation. I know some people said Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow made a late run. He made a late run. I think it was a two-horse race. Yeah. I, apparently it was a one-horse race. Exactly. When, you saw, <laughs> when you saw the voting, there was three people who got first-place votes. Yep. Great point. And – Jalen Hurts got one, and Josh Allen got one. Yeah. Patrick that might Mahomes have been the local beat. All of the other first-place votes. So it was a one-horse race. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, just yeah, good point. Talk about the perception of it. It seemed like two horse, but you're right. Yeah. It, based on the votes, no, it was not close at all. It was all Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'll give you a stat, though, about that. See, Patrick Mahomes, he's the MVP. He was also the first-team All-Pro quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who's the last first-team All-Pro quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Would it be Pey- Peyton Manning? Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Dang, that was a long time ago. What is that, 1999? Yep. First-team All-Pros are 0-8 yeah. since Kurt Warner did it. Uh, 
See, there he go again. First, I'm just telling Let me first, go ahead and get back to my notes that you were giving first, me earlier. I'm just throwing the first team QBs. Yeah. And you're like, oh, first team QB, that first team all pro QB. He's the best quarterback in the game. Like, yeah. yeah, they haven't fared really well in the Super Bowl, and I don't really know why. It's a very strange stat to throw out there. Anyway, uh, continuing. Uh, let's uh, continue with the awards. A coach of the year, Brian Dable. What we think. I, I, I think you could have you could have gone three different ways here, and I think I would have been satisfied. You wanted to give it to Kyle Shanahan, give it to Shanahan because he reached a conference championship with his third-string quarterback. Yep. I would have been fine with that, too. Uh, of course, Brian Dable is more than um, – he, he, he is more than deserving of the award. But I think you could have gone a couple of ways. Hell, honestly, some people thought, you know, team like the Seahawks, yep. Pete Carroll did a great job. Yep. Uh, of course, talking about the Eagles, I mean – we, you know, everybody's talking about Nick Sirianni. He did a fantastic job with the Eagles, even though I mean they were a good team last year, but they're a great team this year. Right. I think it could have went to three or four different candidates. No doubt, I'm I'm with you on that. And and we had talked about this when the uh, voting had come, not voting had come out, but the nominees mm-hmm. had come out, and we had talked about it. Where we think it was going to end up going? We thought I thought Nick Sirianni because of what he did with Philadelphia and where he had him going. Yeah. if Jalen Hurts didn't get hurt. But, of course, you look at Brian Dayball and what he was able to do with that crew and what he presented to the fans of New York, it was a good run. It was definitely a good run. Yeah, and I think between him and Doug Peterson, it comes down to what division they played in, too, where you're like Doug Peterson played in the AFC South, so he maybe got lost a little bit of votes for, yeah, you beat up on a really bad division, Yep. whereas Dayball did it in the best division. That's, so that's to be able to go, up. you yep. made the playoffs in the best division – with a guy that nobody thought could play anymore, you were able to keep uh, Saquon Barkley healthy and finally get out of him what you wanted. You you rebuilt the Giants in one year with no wide receivers. I I think he's the pick because Sirianni's done great, but he's got a lot of talent. Dave Ball had way less. Uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, that's a really good point. Uh, I love. It's amazing how everybody stays healthy when it's a contract year. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Say, in, in, incentive, man. You got <laughs> exactly. incentive to push through the pain. Uh, comeback player of the year, Geno Smith. And uh, I, I don't think any other player. I mean, I'm sure you could have given it to somebody else. Somebody else was deserving. But Geno Smith had a phenomenal season, and nobody saw it coming. Part of comeback player of the year is nobody sees it coming. Because, nope. It, nope. you know, it's when, like. When was he named the starter? Like the, the week before? Something like that. I don't, I don't even think he was a starter through preseason. I think yeah, I, I don't think he was. It either. was a competition with him and Drew Locke. So yeah. that's when you say of how unexpected it was. He wasn't named the starter until week one, pretty much. And don't that's ever forget, point. they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. <laughs> so now he's writing big checks right now. Oh yeah, they got a decision. I mean, yeah. he, he says he's coming back and he wants to come back and play, and so that's at least half the battle uh, that he wants to be there with the team. But they gotta you know, find some way to make it work. But he just, man, he had a great season. It, it's just. So, I don't know, obtuse when you start looking at the trajectory of quarterbacks to see a quarterback have a a career arc yep. like we just watched with Geno Smith. Now, maybe it's an outlier. Maybe this is a fluke. It could be that. Uh, but if he builds on this next year, it'll be unlike any really career arc we've seen in a long time from a quarterback. He led the NFL in completion percentage, 69.8, fourth in touchdown passes, 30, fifth in passer rating, 100.9, and, and earned his first Pro Bowl selection in his 10-year career. Yep. Just don't see that. Yeah. It just, uh, it, the, the quarterback life cycle usually doesn't work that no, you way. You know Zach Wilson's going to be like, remember Gino? Remember Gino, <laughs> no. though? No, I can still be good. Trust me, I'll remember Gino. <laughs> I will say there is a, Ryan Tannehill had a weird one. Yep. Yeah. So yep. Ryan Tannehill had one of those. There have been a couple. 
there have been strains like that, but it's just it, that's the exception and not the rule. Uh, AP Offensive Player of the Year, Justin Jefferson. No surprise. I mean, he's just a, a, a beast. He was actually. It's uh, rare to give it to a wide candidates. receiver. Right, right. Why receiver that award? Yeah. It's very rare. So, you know, unlike the Heisman Trophy, where it always goes to a quarterback, now you get an opportunity to spread your wings. Because I'll be honest with you, as the offensive player of the year, I was really shocked that he got it. Who'd when you? I saw when I saw Justin, oh, you thought a quarterback Jefferson. was going to get exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Exactly. Like, maybe they gave it to Jalen Hurts or something, exactly. or something weird. Yeah. So, because he didn't win the MVP. We're going to give it to him for being this person for the NFL. It's a great you know point. It's usually like a consolation prize exactly. for the bigger award, whatever yep. it was. Yeah, I think it is a consolation of, man, you got into MVP voting as a wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Like, we'll give you that consolation. Kirk because as your quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> I know it works against him. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. It actually works for him yeah. right. in the court of public opinion, but they think Kirk Cousins being a bad quarterback works against him. Yeah, yep. we've seen, we saw those passes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess there's something to it. But Kirk Cousins had a great year, too. He did, he did. But he I'm did. not going to jump on the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. No. Uh, AP Defensive Player of the Year, Nick Bosa. Uh, Michael Parsons, I think some people thought might have had a shot at it, but that was Nick Bosa's award all year long. I mean, it just really was. He's been that uh, impactful. AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, flex, baby. It's Rep- a flex. Representing Central Texas, the Lake Travis product. Uh, yep. He looked He looked really good. I mean, you're talking about. Think hey, about that quarterback that he had, all 17 of them that just, he was playing I'm with. I'm glad you. That's what I'm just going <laughs> to say. Yeah, you're talking about that. That guy had, you know, a quarterback really kind of nightmare situation yep. there. Where, well, we didn't know what was going on with Zach Wilson. And Mike White played really well. Um, but the coaches, I'm not sure. They Joe were, Flacco, bro. Oh, forgot about Flacco. Flacco. And he still ended up with a thousand, what, yeah. eleven hundred yards? Yeah, eighty three receptions. Yeah, eighty three yeah. receptions. Nah, he's he's the real deal, man. He's yep. the, if you can do that with those types of quarterbacks, imagine when you get a franchise quarterback, man, you're gonna be a, a true wide receiver one. Yep. Um, they also had the Jets, J E T S Jets, 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 defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Garden. So you're talking about a hell of a draft for them. Yep. Um, Sauce Gardner, first rookie cornerback to make All Pro since Ronnie Lott did it. Think about, about how long ago that was. 1981, Robbie yeah. was one years old. <laughs> That's how long ago That's how it long was. It was. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think they went to the Super Bowl that year, and it actually was the last time a, a, a defense had a secondary that had at least three rookies starting in it like Kansas City. Yep. Kansas City's got four rookie DBs that they're playing a lot of. So remember I had that take, man, this is probably a little while ago, I had this take of a Rod rather day about the young DBs and how, you know, these young DBs are a better class of defensive back than I've seen in a long time in the NFL. And I think it started around 2020, that group of DBs, CD, uh, not CD, Trevon Diggs is in that yep, group of DBs. Yep. But, you know, guys like Patrick Sertain and Tariq Woolen this year, Sauce Gardner, J.C. Horn. Hell, even Deron Bland is a rookie for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. Got five picks. Jalen Petrie's a rookie for the Texans. Five picks. Tariq Woolen's a rookie. He's got six picks. Yep. You, if you look at the top you look at the top interception leaders in the NFL, you have five rookies with four more interceptions, which basically means you have five rookies that are either tied for first, second, and third interceptions in the NFL because the leader has six. Right. So, I mean, these rookie and young defensive backs, they are, they are uniquely equipped to deal with the – 
the evolved, advantaged uh, offense in the spread era of football. You know, DBs who evolved in a spread age where the offense had all these cheat codes and force multipliers, up-tempo offenses, RPOs, mobile quarterbacks, play-action pass, you know, pace and space, quick game, air raid, you know, hybrid spread, package play, zone read, read option, you name it. All right, tons of advantages. You know, they had to, the defenders had to cultivate their craft in a very disadvantaged uh, era where all the rules and everything worked against them. And I thought, man, we're never going to see a, I've said it before, I said we're never going to see a shutdown corner again. Right. Done. I said that multiple times. I was wrong. Because essentially what happened in this little laboratory experiment uh, that we've seen with spread offense in the last few years, this football Darwinism, it basically, the survival of the fittest, it forced a, a evolutionary adaptation. And now the DBs, this new crop of DBs, they essentially were bred and trained for this new era of football, and they don't operate with the same programming that I did as a DB. We were trained, I talked about, I talked to Everson Walls about this. We were trained to operate by fear fear of giving up the deep ball, uh, keep everything in front of you. Only make a play on the ball when you got the upfield shoulder secured and mm-hmm. when you know you can't give up the big play. These DBs don't operate that way, which means they give up a lot more plays than we did back in the day, but they make way more plays on the ball than Trayvon we did. Trayvon Diggs. Exactly, right? Yeah. We, we were the deeper than the deepest. Remember that? Deeper than the deepest. Don't gamble until this is a sure thing. Well, that ain't gambling if it's a sure <laughs> thing. Right. Um, but these DBs, they don't operate with that same, like I said, fear programming that we were – uh, developed with um you know these guys <laughs> i always compare it to the bane in uh, the dark knight rises who who tells batman uh you thought you were uh born in the dark <laughs> i was actually born in the dark right. i was born in it i was bred by it right and basically these dbs they were born in this darkness that i thought would be something that would essentially overwhelm defenses and defenses would never adjust. The adjustment has come a lot quicker than I thought. And now the DBs, when you're talking about Hufanga, who is a second-year All-Pro, yep. uh, Jack Jones is a rookie, Kirby Joseph, you got really good DBs. Hell, Kansas City starting four. They got three rookie starters in the secondary they are going to start, and they're going to play four rookies in a rotation in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, hell, like I said, the, the, the Cowboys even got a rookie to run Bland who's a fifth-round pick, who's got five interceptions. Trevon Diggs last year set the interception record for the Cowboys. You got Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley for the Texans. Almost every team you mentioned has got a dog in their secondary, and they just drafted in the last two or three years. These DBs are built different, and I think it's because they grew up in a seven-on-seven era with the proliferation of the spread offenses, and they don't fear these cheat codes and these advantages the way I did. Matter of fact, they uh, almost relish and thrive in these adverse uh, circumstances. Yeah, give me the opportunity to show you what I can do, and I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? They're right there and not afraid because they've been beat before, to your point, seven on seven. We've been to those games. We'll see a DB try to jump something, end up getting beat. Next play, he comes back, he gets a pick. I mean, it just happens. It's the way that the game is being – being played right now, but were did, were you shocked? I mean, obviously you play DB, so you really um, look at it in a different light. Were you shocked that Aiden Hutchinson didn't get it? No, because I think everybody believes, kind of similarly to what I believe, that we never thought we'd see a shutdown corner yeah. again, especially as a rookie. Yeah, He didn't allow a touchdown pass all year as a rookie. Yeah. How much did Texans miss the boat? Like how far is the difference between him and Stingley? 
Uh, it's pretty far. Because that well, was especially because Stingley can't even be before. healthy. Before Texas took Stingley to pick before Sauce. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. So it's just, a, just seeing how much they miss. Like I think Stingley's good. Stingley's gonna but, be good, but Sauce is special. Yep. Yes, that's a great way of putting it. Yep. Stingley's gonna be good, but Sauce is special, man. Yeah, like NFL teams stop throwing at a rookie. He's like, nah, it's not worth it. Not nope. worth it. He's a rookie. They're like, nah, man, it ain't worth. We watched the film. That guy, it's not worth it for us to throw in that direction. Right. That's unbelievable, man. So he deserves all the praise he's getting. Um, and I believe after that, oh, sorry, man of the year. Okay, man of the year, Dak Prescott. Yep. How about that, Harge? That's what it's all about, right there, man. You That's what we as, do. As a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I'm excited, but I know everybody's going to be a little, you know. Cheeky about talking about Dak being the man of the year because they much rather have him be the MVP of the league and playing in this Super Bowl game. But for Dak and everything that he's gone through in his life to be able to give back to the community as well as he does, and the fact that the NFL recognizes him as a guy that can walk, walk around with that Walter Payton mm-hmm. on his chest. Don't forget, um, uh, Jason Witten was the Cowboys representative, and he was also a Walter Payton man of the year as a representative of the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm I'm happy for Dak. I'm glad that he's got something good that is happening to him because we know what the hate is for him. It is. And and the fact that you can look at him as a person that takes care of his community and and basically walks the walk in what she talks, that's a big thing as well. Uh, Great you know, representation. He is. He's a phenomenal human being. And considering the uh, adversity he's faced in his life. Yep. Uh, brother passed away. Mom passed away. Yep. He's yep. dealt with a lot. And, you know, this is interesting. I always talk about X-Man abilities of quarterbacks. Figure out what the X-Man ability of your quarterback is. What do what What is it that they do as well, if not better than everybody else? Figure it out. Because they, yep. they all have something. What is Dax? Because I would argue it is character. It's definitely that. I, and I, some people were like, well, how are they going to give me wins? <laughs> right. It, it helps you build culture, and it helps you uh, people uh, really be build, around them. Will build continuity and exactly. come with the team. Exactly. People exactly. want to be around that. People like that. I mean, we saw this. Remember, and this, this is a very, uh, it's a very kind of shallow example, so I apologize for not having a better one. But do you remember when Dak was sitting on the bench and he, he, he drinks the Gatorade out of the past Gatorade cup and then throws it, trying to make it into the trash bin and misses? And, then and what during does he the do? game, yep. middle of the game, he mm-hmm. misses and turns around and sees the cup on the ground. And there's somebody there that will pick it up for Dak or somebody that will get it after the game. He's got other things to worry about. But in that moment where he doesn't think anybody's watching him, he doesn't know that people are videoing him. He knows that people are always watching the quarterback. Yep. But in that moment, he's got you know adjustments to make on the sideline. He can go talk to his teammates, mm-hmm. coaches, whatever. But he takes the time to pick up the, the Gatorade cup that he balled up and missed in trash and can. Decides, I'm going to put it in the trash can. Yeah, Somebody would have said they would have picked it off if he would have threw it somewhere else. But <laughs> <laughs> but, Come on. But, but it was just another incomplete pass. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, but you know I'm, I'm a big fan. Fan. You know I'm a big fan. You know I'm a big fan. I know you are a big fan. I'm a big fan. But of I do him. I think that might yeah. be part of his X-Men ability. And trust me, as a, a Houston Texan fan, sometimes all you want from your quarterback is to have a moral compass. Right. <laughs> exactly, I and agree. Dak's character, I think, is be you know, you know, saying beyond reproach, but it's to the point now where I think, 
like people hold him in high esteem because of his character. Yep. And he's been around the league for a while, so if he's got character flaws, it would have been exposed in that regard. And I think that's part of what you can build around Dak is that no, no, that that character that yep. that makes him work hard. That's that's part of work ethic. Yep. You don't think a guy like that's gonna work his tail off in the offseason? He is. He's showing you think a guy up like every that's day and ex- working. That's right. Organize the offseason activities. Yep. Hell yeah, he's going to. That's leadership. Those are intangibles, immeasurable. He don't have his private office. He ain't bringing an entourage. He's not doing those types of things. Exactly. People are like, character? You think character's an X-Man ability? Yes. Yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, it is. it's so easy to go the other way. Thank you. And quarterback, it certainly is. It's so easy to go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jalen Hurts, a lot of what Jalen Hurts is character. allure is character. Yeah, 100%. Oh. People talk about his presence, like, oh, man, yep. his presence being around that guy. He's just a natural leader. Yeah, dad being a coach helps, but a lot of that is his, yep. ca- his football character. Well, yep. We talked about that with Sam Ellinger all the time. Sam Ellinger, football character. Mm-hmm. Had a great football character, a natural leader, charismatic, uh, know how to deal with adversity because of things he dealt with, kind of like Dak off the field, mm-hmm. you, know, my, you know, dad passing away, brother passing away. Yep. God, you know, adversity is something that will not cripple him. All right, you know, it, it makes him stronger, and that helps the cast. So I, I think for Cowboys fans, the X-Men ability of Dak could just be very well his character, and that should be something you celebrate and not something you bemoan. I'm down. I'm down. All right. Uh, Hall of Fame class announced. We'll get back to that in the next segment. And also the Texans hiring a new D.C. and possibly looking into hiring Cliff Kingsbury for the offensive coordinator job. Man, big ways, big things happening in Texas. Oh, how about this? Shout out to my man Joe Cook just though because Joe Cook, he was listening. Love my man Joe Cook. Checks us out. Um, He said, strong stuff for I think another aspect is that D.C.'s value turnover so much more than ever these days because in addition to getting the ball back, the analytics tell them it adds wins. Now the D.C.'s teach technique to bring those turnovers to bear. He's right about that though. Yep. I, I think it is a combination. The defensive coordinators, they want Turnovers, they they're fine that's with giving up yards. Risk. That's the yeah. risk reward. Right? They're fine that's with giving up yards. They're like, we're yeah. gonna give up yards. We're gonna get beat anyway. Yep. Let's go get the damn ball. Let's go get it. Yep. Um. So great point there, Joe Cook. Appreciate you listening, brother. All right, we come back. We'll uh, get into the Hall of Fame class that was announced and the Texans making moves. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. One hundred and four When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. 512 Friday, we play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Denim Haircut, and they're playing Saturday at the Far Out Lounge. Denim Haircut. Denim is, Haircut. Would you describe uh, Quinn Ewer's new haircut as a denim haircut? I think I describe his old haircut as a denim haircut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> denim Haircut. I like that. Uh, you know, right. when you're wearing the Canadian tuxedo. Uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. I think I know that the Canadian tuxedo is. Just all denim. Yeah. I think I've heard of this before. Yep. Uh, with your jean, like a jean jacket and a jean shirt. 
Yeah. With some jeans. Or you go Denim Dan from <laughs> yep. Seinfeld. Denim Dan. <laughs> jean, every, jean everything. Jean everything. Yeah. Uh, Got the jean vest. <laughs> jean tie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just the Jay Leno, but uh, no, I'm serious. I, I've I've seen that look before, actually. Uh, and I want to say, one, at one point in my life, I definitely had a jean shirt, and I wore jeans with it. I believe so. You can wear the jean. I mean, that's, I think at one point in my life, I, not not recently, people, but not but, with a jean jacket, and no, jean no, vest no, 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 and jean tie. But I've owned a jean jacket. I've owned a jean shirt, but they never wore them at the same time. They with, didn't go with together. My jeans. No. Yeah. But I definitely wore a jean shirt with jeans, and that Gotta was a mistake. Gotta get that that jean hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you gotta go. Yeah, yeah, Harge probably doesn't have a jean hat somewhere because Harge has all type of all types of hats. It's corduroy. It ain't jeans. Yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> Harge knows. Harge actually shops at a haberdashery, which most people don't even know what it is. Harge uh, knows multiple haberdashers. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, okay, uh, real quick, uh, the Hall of Fame. Let's give the Hall of Fame class. They with these Texan stories. Runday Barber, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, Ken Riley, and Don Coriel. Man, we had this, this we conversation about this Don Coriel last week. I can't believe Don Coriel just made it in. Yep. That's ridiculous. Don Coriel should have been in 10 years ago. No doubt. That's cool. We're having a discussion about what was better, the Eric Coriel offense or the, or the West Coast offense, Bill Walsh's uh, you know, thing, uh, brainchild. That was... 40 years ago. He was already ahead of his time in that, man. He should have been in there a long time ago. Yeah, I always hate that the Veterans Committee is the ones that always have to put him in. Yeah, he should have been in there. And now he's helped, not basically helped, but basically now there's a log jam because they waited so long to put him in. <clears throat> now I'm sure they've hindered the candidacy for some other no doubt. Uh, deserving players. But that's the Hall of Fame class. I will say to Zach Thomas, one of the strangest pass to Hall of Fame ever. He didn't even make a semifinalist until his sixth ballot, then a four-time finalist until he gets in on his tenth ballot. Yeah. Crazy. You That's think the- he was campaigning? He must have been. You think he was out there campaigning, got some friends behind him, got the push in there. It happens. He had to be, man, because that's just you just never see a you know a trajectory, a path like that. I should say. Uh, Okay, uh, let's talk about the Texans' path to getting back to well, just not being a joke. (laughs) uh, Just not being a fuster cluck of an organization. The Texans have uh, hired reportedly a defensive coordinator, gentlemen. Uh, They're allegedly, allegedly, reportedly have hired Matt Burke as a defensive coordinator. And he's been around the NFL a long time, probably 20 years. He's been a defensive coordinator before. Most recently, he was with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, He has been a D.C. and called plays, called plays with Miami, actually, for a couple of years. Uh, But since then, has been a position coach, actually was a game management coach with the J.E.T.S. Jets, Jets, Jets two years ago. Um, So, yeah, Robert Sala in that Shanahan coaching tree of defensive coaches um, probably did recommend uh, Matt Burke to D'Amico Ryans. We do not know if he's going to call plays or not, but it is a very common sense hire for D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, you got to be comfortable, right? You got to make sure that you're getting the right guys to be able to to relay your message on what you want to happen. You talked about it being a game manager, not a game manager, game management Mm -hmm. of managing the game where he could come over and let him know what he sees, what's going on, because D'Amico's going to be all over the place. I mean, you're trying to run a team now. You're not just focusing on what you're doing on the defensive side. You're trying to make sure the offense is running properly. So you're definitely going to need somebody to kind of orchestrate and get your team almost like a game planner for you. We talked about game management, but he can also be a game planner in taking the notes and be able to say, hey, man, on this situation, you ran this play. 
maybe we need to come back to this in this on this situation. So there's so many different things that are going to be a part of this. Yeah, and I'm less worried about the defensive coordinator hire because that's D'Amico's expertise. Yep. I'm more concerned about who's going to hire for the offensive coordinator position, which brings us to the latest reports. Um, and there are now multiple reports of this. Uh, first, we got it from Aaron Wilson, but now there are multiple reports that the Texans are indeed interviewing and discussing and potentially uh, looking into hiring Cliff Kingsbury mm-hmm. for their open offensive coordinator position. Nick Casario and Cliff Kingsbury, they are really familiar from his time with the Patriots. Remember, the Patriots drafted Cliff Kingsbury. And uh, D'Amico Ryans is familiar with Cliff Kingsbury, of course, from playing in the division with uh, Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack when you start thinking mm-hmm. about Cliff Kingsbury. Is he going to be part of this is he going to be the guy that can come in and do that is this something that cliff kingsbury really wants to do or is it that he wants to go out there and just kind of kick the tires again because let's not forget he's got a lot of money still from from arizona amen so he can possibly just sit back and relax and not really worry about it for quite some time but once you're in the game you still want to be a part of the game so you want to look at it as well so I I look at it and say this is definitely something the Texans need to look into, but I also think they need to wait before they jump into a decision and make that call to Eric Public be enemy after the Super Bowl on Monday. Could not, I could not agree more. I think you're right with that. I think you should consider this Cliff Kingsbury thing. But, yeah, you want to make sure you interview and consider all possible options. Yes. Uh, and, yeah, I like the Cliff Kingsbury thing. Uh, it could be interesting because – you know, Cliff Kingsbury is going to bring in his own offense, and I do think, it, like Andy Reid has called him, an offensive genius. So I yep. think without the burden of being a head coach, I think Cliff Kingsbury can run a hell of an offense. Um, but I'm with you. I think that I want them to consider Eric Bieniemy. Hell, maybe even talk to the offensive coordinator for the Eagles just to talk to him, um, exhaust every uh, possible option. But I do like that if they can land at Cliff Kingsbury, it does show you that, you know, D'Amico Ryan's choosing the Texans over the, the the Denver Broncos and other organizations. It does show you that his enthusiasm may be infectious. That he's 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 selling this job to other people. Yeah, that he's so. If you can sell it to Cliff Kingsbury, a guy that most people thought was going to be you know just vacationing and hanging out and taking a year off or two off um, just to count his money, and he wants to be a part of what D'Amico Ryan's is doing in Houston, it would just show you that you know maybe there is some excitement brewing there for D'Amico Ryan's. Another thing, Nick Cray as chief of staff, mm-hmm. um, he came over from the 49ers. He was the 49ers chief of staff. He's going to be the Texans chief of staff now, and of course D'Amico Ryan's also retain the strength and conditioning coach Mike Eubanks. All right, we come back, we'll give you our Super Bowl picks. Come on now. We gonna make it official. We'll come back and do that right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049. Papa top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. Sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's that is... mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm. Pop a top again. 
All right, welcome back to Bardo Live right here on 104.9 The Horn. If you miss any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, also, we'll let you know what's on tap and give you our Super Bowl predictions here in this segment. Uh, also, shout out to uh, the Specs text line. Uh, you guys have been great. We uh, appreciate your participation today As on always. the Specs text line. And uh, enjoy the weekend to you, Chan. We appreciate you That's always right. saying, giving us all those uh, good mojo and good vibes via the Specs text line. All right, who wants to go first? I'll Super go Bowl first. Predictions. I'll go first. Let's go hard. Yeah, you know, I came in early in the week. I was wavering back and forth, still maybe wavering. I know. My initial gut is telling me pick the Kansas City Chiefs. Pick <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> but my man came in and gave me some numbers about minus one and a half and being the favorite and how the number mm-hmm. flipped 18 times it has happened, 16 and two, four and eight. Uh, I mean, 14 and 8. So everything on the paper tells me I should be picking the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I refuse to do that. So I am picking Patrick Mahomeboy to be MVP, and I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Kansas City back on top. And another reason, they used to be the Dallas Texans. So I got to find a way to tie it all back together. That is Cowboys, baby. I no, mean, Chiefs. I'm the Cowboys. <laughs> Cowboys. Uh, you got a score or you, you're just picking the Chiefs? 32-28. 32-28? Yep. Close one. Close one. All right. What you got, Patrick? Man, I want the Chiefs to win. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I don't like nothing about Philly. I ain't been there. I don't even like cheesesteaks. <laughs> I don't want nothing about it. I think this one's not even close. Philly runs away with the 38-19. Oh, my goodness. What's your score? 38-19. Ooh. Philly runs away with so it. So you, you, you are saying it's going to be a bad game then. Yeah. yeah. Damn you, Patrick. I, I want to be wrong. I want you to be wrong, hey, too. And I'm telling you, there's plenty of listeners on our show who think I'm wrong a lot. Uh, so let, yeah. let it be another example of it. I think you've probably been the most accurate in the picks in the playoffs, though, actually. I want to yeah. say I'm like I'm like one or two off, but you've been pretty damn accurate. Um, the stat that Hart's referring to, so right now the Eagles are favored by one and a half over the Chiefs. That line has moved because the Chiefs at one point were favored by one and Initially. a half. Initially. So it's gone from Chiefs as a one and a half point favorite to not being uh now the Eagles being a one and a half point favorite. Eighteen times in Super Bowl history, as my man Harsh mentioned, the line has moved one and a half points or more. The team that saw the line move in their favor, in their direction, went sixteen and two, straight up fourteen and four against the spread. That team would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Also, I keep looking at these stats too. Patrick Mahomes when he holds on to the ball. For over two and a half seconds, fifty-two percent completion percentage. And the last five losses, his average time to throw actually was over three seconds. His fastest career time to throw in a game was actually versus Philadelphia, two point three two seconds. He had five touchdowns in that game. When you force Patrick Mahomes to hold onto the ball to process things a little bit longer, it shows that he's not processing quickly and that means he's a little confused that's what happens against cincinnati he's 14 and 10 when he holds on to the ball for above three seconds watch to see if he's getting rid of the ball quickly if he's getting rid of the ball really quickly that means he already knows pre-snap where the ball is going and he's processing really fast if he's holding on to the ball too long like he does versus cincinnati a lot that means the pre-snap disguise is working very well against patrick mahomes 
that's something to watch. I'm taking Eagles. Eagles are a better team. They got a better pass rush. How often does a great pass rush, all-time great pass rush, lose in the Super Bowl? Not very often. All right, I want to thank you guys for everything. Remember the Revolution Army Television. Talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. I love you guys. I mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you on Monday. Go same Chiefs. time, same place. Peace. <laughs>